Now they'll move it to Axe. Look, in the middle dunk score. The roommates, bridge to Mormando. On today's episode of the Lax Lounge, we have Connor Watts traveling all the way from Colorado to join us in the lounge. We talk with Connor about his experience being in the ROTC program while playing college lacrosse and what it's like balancing those commitments. The guys then discuss championship weekend for the NCAA tournament with one of the greatest Final Fours of all time and the D2-D3 championship games on Sunday. After that, we get into some of the most thought-provoking questions that have ever been posed in the Lax Lounge, sparking some awesome conversations all across the board. We end with a draft of vacation destinations where some of the hottest takes are thrown out by one of the guys. As always, make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Lax Lounge and vote below for who had the best draft. Before we send it over to the lounge, let's hear a word from our sponsor. This episode is proudly sponsored by Evative Learning. If you are an education major or anyone considering a career in teaching, you won't want to miss this. Evative Learning is an innovative educational consulting company that is revolutionizing the way aspiring teachers prepare for their careers. As a proud sponsor of the Lax Lounge podcast and Cabrini Lacrosse, Evative is here to help you take your teaching aspirations to new heights. Evative offers a comprehensive one-on-one coaching program tailored specifically for those interested in entering the teaching profession. With Evative's coaching program, you'll receive personalized guidance and support to help you succeed in your career. They provide mock interviews, guided job searches, resume optimization, and much more. Their team of experienced educators and career coaches will equip you with the skills and knowledge needed to excel in the competitive world of teaching. One of the most incredible aspects of Evative's coaching program is their guarantee. Yes, you heard it right. They guarantee at least one job offer within the first three months of coaching. That's an amazing opportunity you don't want to miss. For just $250 per month, Evative guarantees that you will receive at least one job offer. Imagine the peace of mind knowing that your investment in coaching will lead to tangible results. It's an offer you can't afford to pass up. So whether you're a current education major, a recent graduate, or someone looking to make a career change into teaching, Evative Learning is here to support you and guide you in every step of the way. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to secure your job as a teacher. Visit their website at www.evative.com to learn more about their coaching program and how they can help you kickstart your teaching career. Once again, that is www.evative.com. Are the mics hot? They are hotter than the sun. Hot, just like this topic. Connor Watts, what is up? The boy from Colorado. Welcome in to the Lax Lounge. This is crazy. I'm honored. Thank you. This is awesome, especially because it's kind of ironic. We have a lot of guys local in the area. For reference, school year's over. We're on summer break. And we decide to get the guy who traveled out all the way from Colorado to come on the pod. You actually just for the pod, just for the pod. That's the only reason you're in town. And we're like, fuck yeah, we got to get this guy, and we got to talk to him real quick. So Watsy, how we doing? We're doing good. I mean, championship weekend, a lot of good, a lot of questionable lacrosse, but yes, a lot of good lacrosse. We'll definitely get into that in a minute. Our experiences watching the championship weekend is in Philadelphia. It's down at the link. Uh, but first, we were just having a little bit of a contentious debate before we were recording because we took uh, our Instagram photo. For the first time, we remembered to take the photo with our guests. We never remember. In the Lax Lounge. Yeah. We always, the second they leave and they're too far away to come back, we're like, we never got a picture. <laughs> so that's why if you go on our Instagram, all of them are either from the locker room or just random photos that we, we get with our guests after we record. Uh, so go to our, our Instagram at the Lax Lounge, like it up, 
follow all that uh also sorry to cut you off Reggie, but talking about our social media platforms and everything we got some exciting news everybody we do uh, we officially have a website uh com. we have the name trademark right in pa uh, I, I believe not. Uh, we're on on the way to a trademark. We are uh, an, uh, an LLC in Pennsylvania, so very big news for us. Um, we have a shit ton of merch you can buy. You can check out that merch actually in that Instagram post because we're all wearing it right now. We are. We have Laxos yeah. merch. Uh, my parents just. I'm gonna get them some. Uh, it, it's awesome. So yes, like we said, go to the website, check it out. It looks sick. Yeah. Shout yeah. out Mr. Sam Ormando. Yeah. yeah. Shout out Sam. Super yeah. comfortable too. Yeah. Yeah. He's so, a natural. Yeah. Our, we're growing, so, you know, slowly but surely. Maybe and we'll have Lax Lounge sponsored athletes soon. That That is a goal, you know. We have a shit ton of goals. <laughs> you know, they'll all be met one day. Once again. We're volume shooters. Yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah. So, Connor, you have a nickname, and it's... I think it's a perfect nickname for you. And I want you to tell everybody what that nickname is and why it is your nickname, right? Because it's, it's a great story, and it's something that you've, I, I want to say, been planning to do your entire life. LT. LT. Yeah. yeah so what does LT stand for? <laughs> LT stands for lieutenant, and it was actually given to me by Coach DeLuca because I guess he's the nickname guy, but... <laughs> him and Petey. Yeah, him and Petey for sure, but... Yeah, so Lieutenant is for, I do um, Air Force ROTC through our joint program at our school at St. Joseph's, and it's just, it's a way to become an officer in the military, and that's kind of been a goal of mine since I was younger, probably around like middle school, I started looking into the military, and now I've been pursuing it ever since then. That's pretty awesome. So like Air Force, what do you want to do in the Air Force? I'm not sure exactly at the moment, actually, which is kind of a problem because I should know by now, but I'm thinking of flying, most likely, or trying to do something rated. Okay. Yeah, pretty badass. Yeah. Yeah. What's your, uh, what's your favorite plane? You got a favorite plane? Probably the F-22. That was so <laughs> fast. Yeah. He, he wants to be a pilot. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, so in ROTC, what is like one of the hardest things that you have to do because you do this while managing school being a college student yeah while managing playing lacrosse at the division three level which you're a goalie we'll get into that student before. athlete yeah. yeah uh so how do you manage all that and what's the most difficult part about rotc because when i think of like my mind goes to army basic training or like navy seal stuff i listen to david goggins all the time i've read his <laughs> book and that shit sounds insane yeah. to me so like what do you have to go through in rotc yeah so rotc definitely is a little bit different than david goggins training for sure uh but no it's a lot of fun so what we do is um i can just i can kind of bring you through basic day so average tuesday i'll wake up at four fifteen. um wake up get ready make sure i'm ready and then i'll go over to pt which is pretty much like fitness training and like doing push-ups, sit-ups, games, all that sort of thing. So you work out for an hour and then you go over and do either take a class. So they have aerospace studies class where you pretty much like learn about the Air Force and their core values and things like that and how to be a leader, kind of like leadership training. Uh -huh. 
or you on Thursdays will go and do what we call leadership lab, which is pretty much like learning how to march around and do drill, as well as kind of learning like leadership and getting into different leadership scenarios and being tested as leader. That's awesome. For any of your like fitness stuff, do you have tests or like standards that you have to meet? Yeah, yeah. So for our fitness test, we have a PFA, which is pretty much our fitness test. So it's uh, how many push-ups can you do in a minute, how many sit-ups can you do in a minute, and a mile and a half run. So we do that. We do like an official one every semester, and then we do a couple of practice ones. What are some? Semester. What are some of your numbers? Um, so my numbers, I'm almost at a hundred percent. So okay. not to flex. But is is the way that they grade it? Like if you're between twenty and thirty, you get X amount of points. Yeah. Are you going for like five points on every single one? Uh, no. So each there's like a whole score sheet, uh-huh. and it changes every once in a while when they change the necessities of the military. But pretty much there's a score sheet, and each thing is worth like weighted differently. So, like, if you get between, like, 65 and 70 push-ups, let's say, you get a certain amount of points, and the run may be worth, like, weighted more than the uh, push-ups are. Mm-hmm. But to get 100, I believe it's about, I'm not sure the exact numbers, but it's about, like, 68 push-ups, like, around 68 sit-ups, and a 9-minute, 12-second uh, mile-and-a-half. And... The last PFA I took uh, while I was at the spring semester, I missed, I got it, I maxed everything, but I missed the run by, I think, like, six seconds or something like that. That's still crazy, because that pace, I just did the math in my head, I was like, oh, 9.12 for, like, a mile and a half, like, that doesn't seem that bad, and then I think about it, it's like, oh, that's two back-to-back six-minutes miles, like, you're huffing and puffing it there. I think my PR for... A mile was like a 5.45, and I almost passed out when I was done with it. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, I just left everything out on that track. So I could not imagine doing that for two more laps. Yeah. Just dead sprint. So that is pretty wild. Yeah, it's definitely a lot different than being a goalie. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, that makes a lot more sense. You Why run you... before you come to practice. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, yeah. A, that's a good thing. And you are the most fit goalie. I think that we have in our program. Probably ever. Yes. Uh, which, shout out to all our goalies out there because just goalies in general, you know. I'm yeah. pretty sure the, uh, the goalie, position. I forget his name. Who, who was the goalie during the national championship? Oh, uh, Riley? I believe he's a CrossFit guy now. Is he? I, I think so. I might be wrong. We saw know. him the other day because he was at the PAISA women's thing. He was coaching with Ben Charter. Uh, he was helping out their goalie coach. Um, and... I think uh, it was DeLuca called him out where he was like, oh, yeah, do you know who that guy is over there? I'm like, actually, no, I don't. He's like, well, I do. And that is the guy who won us a national championship. I'm like, oh, okay, that's kind of dope. But, like, you knew I didn't know him. Like, you just wanted to kind of flex on me. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, actually. I I know him. (laughs) I played with him. We won together. Yeah. We won a lot together. So I guess guess that's a good segue back to lacrosse. So you, you were at the games. Were you at the games yesterday? Yeah, yeah, I've been at the games all weekend. Okay, so yesterday was Saturday. I know this isn't going to be out till like Wednesday, but Saturday in the Division One tournament. Oh my God! Some of the best lacrosse. That, that I was think the best. Two, Final four. Two of the craziest games I've, I've watched. I, I was on the edge of my seat for both. Yeah, and like I, I was a fan of two teams. I wanted Duke and I wanted Virginia, but Ooh. I'm all right with Notre Dame. I'm, I'm, I am, I am okay with Notre Dame because I do like the Kavanaugh brothers. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a great story. Yeah, I've been calling Notre Dame since the start of, 
I mean, I'm a Maryland fan for D1. Both my parents went there, which not a bandwagon. I've been a fan since we couldn't win a national championship for the past 20 years. You know that he's a bandwagon when he has to say, guys, I swear I'm not a bandwagon. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, because we weren't going to say anything. Guys, so. stop calling me a bandwagon. Yeah, no, but I think Notre Dame's got it since the start. I think that the weekend was definitely, like, crazy i was not expecting like I, I we were told by a family friend when we were coming out here that you could come out to a, a championship weekend and see both teams get blown out in the final four and every game except for that d2 national championship has been really close yeah it was quite the opposite yesterday because we had two overtime thrillers and at the end of the first quarter of the penn state duke game I made a comment to someone where I'm like, this is going to be a high-scoring game because it was 6-4, I want to say, and both sides were just firing. It was every goal. It was an offensive Duke scored showcase. back to Penn State. Penn State scored, and then it was back and forth the entire game. Yeah. And it was it was great to watch. And I mean, you guys were there. I was watching on TV, but, you know, I sometimes watch them from TVs. You know, pretty good. I mean, you get the best angles. get the best angles. I mean, um, what, number one on Duke, I'm pretty sure. It was number one. Yeah, Ledman. Yeah. When he stepped in the crease, I didn't see it the first time, obviously, in, in like, real time. But the second, the first time they uh, replayed it, it, obvious. Yeah, at Very. the stadium, too. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, at the stadium, the winning team, like, charges the field. Everyone's, like, cheering and stuff. And then you see the Penn State kids watching the replay in live time, knowing that there's nothing they can do to change it. And they have the proof on the big screen right there in front of them. Was It was kind of like interesting to watch like put into perspective how much th- impact the refs can have on the game right now yeah and did you see the uh the view of the ref that could have called it it was like i think it might have been brendan o'neill but like, no context he screened him yeah he yeah. saw no context that's where i saw it mm-hmm. yeah and so from my perspective um quick flex i was on the field i'll talk a little bit more about my experience probably a little bit later but when the game ended, I was sitting on the – they score the goal on the opposite side of me. So I watched Ledman, like, do his thing. I'm by the Penn State sideline, and right after the goal scores, I'm sitting next to someone. I'm like, is that going to count? Is that going to count? I see the refs come in. Matt Palum – I only know them because he's the PLL ref. He was the guy on the far side who came in and made the call. And I think what happened is he ran in and asked the ref who was on the near side who had the better view. He said – probably can you say this isn't a goal and because he couldn't be like yeah i don't think it's a goal right away palem just said fuck it it's a goal and then they ran off the field they sprinted out yeah, of there they were out of there way too quickly and when they left like i was right there as i was walking by and loki i was kind of just like oh great game guys like great call there i didn't see the replay where it wasn't really a great call but i'm a ref so i understand where you come from on that that's the call you have to make uh, but I just saw Matt Palum, the head ref, come off the field. And he let off this big ass cell, and he's like, "That's not going to end well for us." Like he he saw the writing on the wall. Rules will change. That that's a good thing that's going to come from it. Yeah. Yes, and actually, the legislation has already passed. Like that is going to be a rule next year. It has. I was talking to someone on the sideline who said that's on the books right now where in 2024 you're going to be able to replay that and review it because you have to in that situation. The way that not only the circumstances of this game, where it's the final four, semifinal, overtime game winner, but just in general, like that's not a judgment call that you can make on the field. Especially yeah. in those circumstances. Like it's, it's just, yeah. just shitty all around. Yeah. Like obviously, like you said about the officiating, like you can see the angle, but 
you know, it definitely sucks for uh, Penn State. Yeah, and talking about circumstances, is the rules like, are they making the rules for every, like, are you going to be able to replay every single game or every goal now, or is it just, like, final quarter, like, close game so goals? So I feel like the way that it would have to be done would be every goal, but, like, someone rips it from 12 out, you don't have to review it. Like, it's, yeah. it's obvious, but, like, in the, like, uh, inside role, right? Like, all right, is it 100% obvious? Okay, cool. Is it 50%? Like, I, I have no idea if he was in the crease or not. Okay, we can review it. Like, it's able to happen. So, I think, I think yeah, it probably would be every goal. Not even that. It's going to be – it is an option where the rule will be like in the PLL. The coaches have the challenge flag on them. If they think that on a crease, guy, a crease dive it's not a goal, they can throw the challenge flag and they'll review it. They don't have to. It's not like football where, oh, every touchdown is automatically reviewed and they confirm it. But it'll be something that they can use in a situation like that where the officials, to make the good call of the, the way that it works in the PLL, if a referee says no goal on a crease dive like that, you can't review that. It's only reviewable if they say it's a goal. And so that's why I said when Palem made the call, that's the right call. Because in the PLL, you say that's a good goal. The coach can say no, it's not. We're gonna look at it again, and you see, okay, it's not a good. It, he was in the crease. Boom, yeah. ball going the other way. What so, about the army game though? Because they so reviewed that, that because they didn't make the call. The reason that is reviewable is because it's clock. So in college right now, the only way you can review a play is for timing, to see if a shot got off in time. That's why everyone was so up in arms about like, well, why can't we review this now? Because you're not allowed to review whether or not it's a goal, and he's in the crease. It would have, maybe if it was a buzzer beater, like at the end of the shot clock, then they'll say, okay, we can review this if it got off in time. But in that same situation where it's a crease dive and he's in the crease, they could clearly see he's in the crease. They would not be able to say it's not a goal because he's in the crease. If that makes sense, yeah. They would only be looking at the shot clock, like, okay, technically he got it off in time. We have to call that a goal. Yeah, and then so they're reviewing a goal they know shouldn't have been a goal, but they still have to call it a goal. Yes, and that is precisely why it's going to be amazing next year when you're able to replay these you know, ticky-tacky calls that are really, really hard to get from personal judgment. How fast do we think? That's going through the NCAA. I think though. the second that I'm, pr- I'm pretty I, sure once the season's over, I think what it's I did, immediate. From what I know, I'm pretty sure like it's already set in stone. It's gonna happen. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what the person that I was talking with on the sidelines said. Where it's like, oh yeah, that like is already done. The crazy thing that would happen is if it happened again. Like if it happened yeah. tomorrow, that would be insane. Oh my and gosh! It, like say it's a one goal game, and even if it happens in like the third, and it's just like, like what the fuck? Because they disallowed a goal earlier in the game. Where he was in the crease. I don't know if it was the same guy, but someone on Duke, I think, did a crease dive and they said no, he's in the crease. Yeah, and I I think he was like it was a good call, but it was very wow. What a snag. Okay. Again, lax lounge style. We have the Phillies game on in the background. Uh top of the second there down seven zero to the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, what the hell's going on, Phils? Not doing too strong. Second right inning? Now. Yeah, top of the second down Dude, seven. They're averaging three and a half runs an inning. Quick maths. Quick mess. Uh, but back to lacrosse. We don't like baseball. We're a lacrosse podcast. It's boring to play, but, you know, it's nice to watch. It sometimes. is fun to watch in person. It's awesome to watch in person. Yeah. Really? I, I can't make it through. I've never made it through an entire baseball game in Really? Person. That's sad. I'm always out by, like, I guess the Rockies are that good. It. I mean, so. we're terrible. Yeah. But 
We're not that good either. Sixth inning. Usually if we're going to leave early, it'd be like the eighth inning for us. Or if it's not a good game, like you just try to beat the traffic. Okay. Quite literally. Because it gets crazy when you're at a game with 20, 30,000 people. And that's on a that's a bad night if it's only 30,000 people. I, I think at like Citizens Bank or even at T-Mobile Park. Yeah. I know that. yeah. The benefit is that like a lot of people do take the train. Yes. That's, a, that's like the one good thing. That's the problem with us is for Seattle, our transportation is just not that good. Yeah. So everybody either drives Ubers or now what they've added in, of course, after I fucking leave or the odds, they started a light rail system, which is kind of like the train here. It's like a subway, but above the ground. Yeah, we just started that, yeah, I think, a couple years ago. So yeah. they've been building this for, I want to say, seven years because I was maybe in eighth grade when it started being built and it's taken that long for it to get from seattle to when i was in high school it was seattle to northgate no that's what's open right now okay so seven years ago they started building it just like last year the year before they opened up this spot from downtown, or the, it goes from the airport all the way up to Northgate, which was a mall, uh, like probably 10 minutes outside the city to the north, closer to me. Where it's supposed to keep going and where it's been being built up is from Northgate all the way up north towards whatever it is the city, which is like 10 minutes north of me. And there's going to be a stop at Linwood, where I live. And it's at the place where I would pick up the bus every day to go down to school in high school. I was like, wow, this would have been really pretty handy if I could just use the light rail here because it's way faster, there's no traffic, all that jazz. Um, all that to say, our transportation sucks. So having that has been nice. Like me and my friends last summer used light rail. We had someone drive us down to Northgate, took light rail down to the Mariners game, super easy. And honestly, you actually don't even have to pay. You're supposed to. Like you're supposed to scan, it's called an Orca card. Yeah. Where you go in, takes like two fifty off of it. Uh, but there's nobody like patrolling it, so you can just walk on really? and use it. And it's base, it's free transportation. Are you admitting to committing a crime? No, because everybody does it. So I don't think it's a crime. Because if it was a crime, it it'd be patrolled. Nobody enforces it. Yeah, ours is. We have like. There's no subway cops at every station. There's no gates that are like stopping you from walking through and using it. So I'm using, Hmm. and I mean, my parents are taxpayers. We paid for that. I'm going to fucking use it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, I guess this is going to be an exposed moment for my parents. I'm pretty sure they think I pay for it. I don't. (laughs) I did on the bus, though. When I took the bus every day, I would scan my Orca card because the bus driver would be like, are you going to fucking scan? Well, they can't deny a minor of, like, a ride. Like, they have to let the minor on, but yeah. it's kind of just... So, quick question, to, quick question to the both of you. Okay. Are you a bigger fan of planes, trains, or automobiles? I... Okay. Give me the context. Like, do I want... There's no context. I, what? Well, like, because... There's situations where it's... No, what are you a bigger fan of? I'm between trains and planes. Okay. The only reason I would choose... I love automobiles. So like, the only reason I would choose... Trains? Yes. Trains, planes, and automobiles. Have you never... Have you ever ridden on a train? Yeah, but... It's fucking sick. Train? Trains are Why really would I want to cool. go on a train choo, ride choo. over a plane ride? That's what I'm saying. If it's... Okay. Dude, tra- I, I'll, I'll say this right now. If I was in Japan... The fucking super train. Okay. Those are actually pretty sick. So yeah, yeah. you're changing your mind. See? Because trains are dope. So. 
Um, but like the context, I mean, if it's, oh, you're doing a trip from Washington to California, would you rather take the train or a plane? And that him saying the plane every single time. What are you a bigger fan of? Well, okay, I guess when I was a kid, I was fascinated with trains. I loved trains as a kid. Thomas the Choo Choo Train was my dog. I was yeah. the biggest nerd about that stuff. I was a, uh, I was fascinated by you know the little like where it's the wheels and then the stuff that like that moves on the side like the railing thing. I don't know why, but I just fucking loved that as a kid. Oh yeah, the Tra- way that it would like spin. Trains and, are really cool. Yeah, like especially you said, the old goes, old trains, dude. Oh Red God. Dead Redemption. Hop on a train. You can yep, do whatever yeah, you want on that train. Yeah. The uh, what's the movie? Uh, Hugo Cabret, where they're in like the train um, station where he lives, and it's about when the first like movies were made. And the first movie was like the train coming out the screen, and all the people at the theater thought that it would come out through them, so they started screaming, like you know, just being scared because they don't know what's going on. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Trains are dope. End of story. Yeah. So, is that your answer? Yes. If you. If, not for mode of transportation. If it's just, what are you the biggest fan of? Which was the question I asked. Okay, I misinterpreted your question. My apologies. I, I also would like to travel by plane, like, uh, completely. Yes. Yeah. But there are situations where I'd say I could take the train because, like, the way our train runs, I believe it goes up the coast, where you could take a train your up coast. to... Yes, my yeah. coast. Um, where you could take it down to Portland, Oregon, or up to... BC, and that's like a sick ride. It's only like, it's faster than a car and it's cheaper than a plane, so it's like more efficient in that way. Yeah, There's no traffic, but for a longer trip, where okay, the plane is a little bit more expensive, but I'm going to California. I don't really want to spend two days on a train, which lucky I've never had to do that. I think the longest one I was on, I want to say I took one from Portland up to Seattle once. Or even actually, like when I went to New York over Thanksgiving break. Yeah, you took the train, right? It was sick. I was at fucking Penn Station, pick up the Amtrak coming back to Philly. It was like an hour and a half or something. It was dope. Like, you get to see kind of the countryside of PA, New Jersey, all that kind of stuff, which isn't beautiful at all. (laughs) Like, when you're around New York City, anything that is not New York City, it looks horrible. It's like dystopian almost. Yeah. And but the that like ride was awesome and get dropped off down in Center City Philly at the station, super old school like I don't know I'm not used to that so it's really cool for me yeah like, it's a new experience that's pretty cool go trains go yeah but go automobiles no I, I I mean y'all set me up for this question but I did I thought about it I I definitely contrary to popular belief we are like kind of smart yeah yeah the F20, <laughs> the F20, Mr. Four F22 you said yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely planes. I mean, I guess growing up, all my family's on the East Coast, so I was always flying to see family. And also, I mean, have you seen Top Gun? Like, I've never seen a cool train movie as wow. Top Gun. Okay, so we're just attacking. Didn't Disney now. make trains? Yes. I mean, Cars, no, 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 cars no, no, no. is up there with Disney Top Gun. Disney made planes. Yes, I didn't know if they made trains also. No, I think that's so. pro- they're probably working on that right now. Shoot, Disney. I mean, they're remaking all their movies because they're running out of ideas. So I will say, like, Cars was a top. It still is a top tier movie. Absolutely, Cars is top tier. One of these life days is like a road that you travel on. Yeah. So I think a couple years ago, you know, this was quarantine. I was so bored, 
and I decided to rank the Pixar movies. So I watched every single one of them, and I put put it on a list where I just ranked them out. And I think Cars was in my top five, if not top three. The Incredibles was number one. What was number two? Do you remember? What was number two? I don't remember. Oh no no no! Um, Monsters Inc. It's a great number two. Monsters Inc. Uh, while while we're talking about the rank of stuff, Watsy, um, this is the part of the episode where I tell you to think of a game that we're going to play at the end. So it has to be a draft style game. Okay. Um, pick a topic. And You're an avid listener of the Lax Lunch, so you understand. Yeah. We we powered you through your drive back to Colorado a couple yeah. weeks ago, right? Yeah, me and my buddy Max, he's living me with this summer, and he flew out after the tournament was done for us and drove back with me. Shout out, Max. Dude, Walter Payton, man of the year, right there. Yeah, yeah that's, that's amazing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fly to Philly just to drive back home, but with you, so you're not doing it alone. Like, where is that guy's crown? That is king shit right there. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, that's how I guess that's how he's paying rent for the summer. But <laughs> it was it's definitely not not an entertaining drive. I mean, twenty five hours through the middle of nowhere. But my friend from Colorado actually, right when I was almost driving, fully done driving back, was then driving himself up to New York, and. Yeah, he got about like four hundred dollars in speeding tickets, and his his drive was a lot more eventful than mine. But Jesus, so what is that drive like? Twenty five hours. It was over multiple days, correct? Yeah. yeah. So you leave Philly, and you know you're not going to be done driving a vehicle for three days. Was it three days or two? Uh, we split into three days. Yeah. What is that like? What goes through your mind when you get on the highway in Philly, and you're like? It's going to be my life the next three days. Because I've never driven anywhere longer than like six hours. Uh, Probably eight would be the longest I've ever driven. I I can't fathom that in my head. What is that experience like? I mean, I like road trips. I'm not going to lie. I I went on a bunch of road trips when I was younger up to like Yellowstone, down to Florida, stuff like that. But, I mean, you kind of just lock in. I mean, you you, you don't – So there are some days where – you're driving through like Kansas. There's nothing in Kansas, and you may not turn for like two hours before you need to get gas, like, and then go back on the straight road. So, you you kind of just, I don't want to say zone out and not pay attention because you are. I mean, you're driving, but you definitely zone out and don't pay attention. Yeah, you get into like a flow. I'm listening to the Lax Lounge. I'm just acting like I'm sitting here on this couch instead of driving through Kansas. That was one of the coolest things. He sent me a like Snapchat of him listening to the Lax Lounge on the way home. And I think I was walking out of Dixon when you did that. And I just had the biggest smile on my face and I sent like a snap video back and I was just like, that is awesome, whatever. Like just made my day. Wasn't Cole for there? I walked by Cole and he's like sitting outside the field. I don't see him. So I'm just like, you know, sending a snap to Watts, like kind of thinking that nobody's looking. So, you know, just doing my thing. Walking away and Cole's like, Jason. I turned over, I'm like, what the heck? Uh, he was like, we were Snapchatting some girl. I was like, ironically, no, sir. It was actually Connor Watts. <laughs> uh, so whatever. Like, I was talking to him about something. But he totally sniped me in that moment. Uh, but you're tuning into the Lax Lounge, driving through Kansas, whatever. What was, the fa- what was your favorite moment? Which episodes did you listen to first? I, I re-listened to episodes. I think I listened to parts of a couple different ones. I listened to... 
the Waldo episode and you have to re-listen to the one about the giant duck, I think, or giant geese. Okay, giant that was geese. Dylan. Yeah, Dylan, Dory, and uh, DJ, Dylan Dietro. and friends. Yes, Dylan and friends. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love how he said re-listen. So, what to. was your uh, what's your outcome on that? What would you rather? I mean, uh, definitely against? the ten. What was it? Ten geese-sized horses. Ten geese-sized horses yes. because a, no, a goose geese are geese. vicious. No, 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 yeah. Geese-sized horses. Had it first right. Yeah, yeah because yeah. it was a horse-sized goose, yes. which was terrifying to yeah. think about. Extremely, especially if you saw an AI image of that. Well, oh, that's, my God. Oh, that's what we should have done. Yeah. We should have asked ChatGPT. That's all right. ChatGPT is crazy. No, but, I mean, like, this, they're, they're so small, like... Like the, it can't do anything. Versus the goose could fly up into the air and come down and like full diving goose. Yeah. Y- you have no chance. It's a dragon. It's a pterodactyl. But like I could, I could like kick. I could kick like kick one of these small horses. I, have, and, I could hold my own. Yeah. So I want to ask you a question, both of you actually, because this is the thinker. Um, when I was in, I believe it was like fifth or sixth grade. We have the PSSAs here. Okay. Yeah. Right. So one of the questions that I was given was, and this was like a writing prompt question, and if I if I see a prompt and I can like really get an answer going, I'll, I'll go off. And I think this was maybe the greatest writing piece I have to date, um, and it was probably middle school. Um, what do you think is a more valuable invention, right? The camera or the radio? Ooh, that's a that is a so thinker. Before I let you guys answer, I'm going to tell you what I wrote about, and it was the radio. Okay. Okay. Now I referenced two movies in my writing. One was a Christmas story when they were listening to Little Orphan Annie on the radio. Mm-hmm. Right. It ties into the plot amazingly. The second movie was Cinderella Man. You ever see Cinderella Man? No. No. It's about a boxer during the Great Depression. Right. It's a true story. Um. Boxes, makes money for his family, goes through some tough times, obviously, Great Depression. Within it, they listen to their father win the championship on the radio, right? So my whole thing is mass communication. That is the exact word that I thought of. Yeah, mass communication through the radio. And if you also think about it, like, within war or, you know, just simple shit as, like, you know, listening to music or something like that. Like, the radio is so much more, I'd say, valuable but the uh, like the other side, like I had to write a counter argument, and it was a picture that tells a thousand stories, right? A thousand yeah, words, whatever it is. Like, that's the beauty of a picture. Like, yeah. it's you're freezing a moment in time. I think it depends on the time frame. I was thinking about that at first because I wanted to say camera because you go from paintings, which are an interpretation from somebody of an event. Like, I think of war paintings. If you look at somebody let's say the civil war if you look at a painting made by somebody who supports the union it's going to look like the union is kicking the confederate's ass vice versa for the confederacy if you take a picture of that there's no interpretation it is the fact like world war ii you can see exactly what was going on you can see what people looked like how tall they were all that stuff so i was thinking at first like the camera probably because you could just capture those moments and there wasn't this bias that would be in there or this guessing game of was this real or was this just kind of made good another great example king henry the eighth his portrait was made so that he wouldn't be a disgusting slime ball 
which everybody says that he was one of the grossest human beings alive. Like, was way overweight, had pus, like, leaking out of everywhere near the end of his life. It, it, gross. And the portrait of him makes him look like he is just royal, obviously, like, great posture, everything. Yeah, he's still a little bit husky. But from what everybody, from, like, stuff that I've heard or read about, he was just unbelievably gross. And so, but all of that is to say I would choose radio because of what you said mass communication yes. and I think the Great Depression because fireside chats from FDR where that was the first time that you could sit at your house and listen to the President of the United States giving you a update on like what's going on there wasn't waiting two days to find out in a newspaper how many people died in a war it was you could listen to yeah it might be a couple of days after but you could listen to somebody live reporting like oh okay this is what's going on in germany this is what's going on in new york california all that so everybody was more connected because of that and the radio also allows you to talk to people across the country because you could use radio waves and telecommunication to call your mom call your dad if you're far away so that revolutionized communication Okay. For humans, I think it depends on the time frame. Still, but okay. that's a lot to think about. But imagine, like in the moment, the radio is going to speak. Like I was thinking, World War Two. Like you said, the Prime Minister of England—I forget his name—but Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill. There's a movie about him, and where he's sitting there and he's speaking to, like speaking to England and everything about what's going on. And like giving his speeches and informing everyone about what's happening right now. But soon, like you can read over his speeches in like a class. But it, that like speech and like the numbers of the people who died and things like that isn't going to be as impactful as when you see an entire like city side that used to be buildings now just like bombed and like nothing there. Like some of the numbers that you hear about from ukraine like they're just numbers listening to the radio and then you see some of these pictures and you're like oh my goodness like this is really happening over there and it's not just a number like i feel like the picture makes the words come to life in the in like later on like in the moment it the radio like the words hit you right in the moment but then the words just become words and the pictures like if you think about like the grossest thing you've seen in your life right now, you remember that picture. What I think was amazing about the point you just made is how spot on it was with you talking about like words are just words, but pictures back up those words. And it was kind of the point that I was making. And I think that you are you're making a really good argument because when I think of looking back at events the picture does say so much about what actually is going on. Like, you know, if it's a, I really all I can think about is wars, but even like pictures of people, it can tell you an earthquake across the world. Yeah. Where you see it. And it's not just like, Oh, actually earthquake is a great example. Like when Japan, the earthquake and the tsunami, I guess that would be more video, but video pictures kind of similar, um, idea around it where we heard oh okay like this earthquake and tsunami it's like pretty bad in japan and then you see the destruction you're like oh my gosh this is unfathomable like it's really it's even tougher to swallow because you see how real it is i remember uh haiti 
everyone hates yes, it. They're like I really do. bad earthquake just be like for that same reason. Like obviously it was communicated to us, but seeing the pictures and I was young when that happened. I think obviously we all were, uh-huh. but like that was like one of the first big natural disasters I saw within the world, and I still remember it. Like I still remember the devastation, and I remember like the support that you know just either local people or the nation, the government, whatever it was, gave to the country of Haiti because they went through, like, something that bad. But I remember the pictures. Yeah. I remember seeing the devastation. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah, so for my answer, going back, I think the words in the moment, like, if you're in, like, going into the fourth quarter of the national championship game, like, those words that your coach says, like, you're going to remember that, but – you're never going to remember what coach said more than you're going to like remember living in that moment. And I think that the, the words are more impactful in the moment for the next like day week, but eventually that picture is what's going to stand. That's so true. Like one of my favorite things to do is go through my camera roll and just look back. Like I did it a couple days ago. I want to say, cause I was just kind of like, Oh, let's, let's do a recap of the semester. And just as you said, like every single picture, I know the meaning behind it. I know exactly where I was, who I'm with, what happened around this photo. And the fact that like that's captured, like I can always look back and be like, oh my gosh. I remember going to the Eagles game with Kirk, uh, Sean, and Googs. And we're outside and I'm like, guys, I got to snag a picture. Like this is really fucking cool for me. First Eagles game. Like, I remember everything about that night now. Um the little things when we're going to uh, Flyers games. I'm like, guys, I got to get a good picture. Like, you, rem- you remember that shit. So that was, a f- that was a test question that you had? That was in, like, middle school. That was for, like, the state, the state exam. And for my middle school, I think it was the SBA at that point, they'd switched our tests, like, 25 times. Yeah. I had to write about, like, this invasive plant. It was, I think kudzu was the name. So I fucking wish that I got to write an argumentative essay about why the radio or camera was a better invention. Because holy shit, that probably was the best essay you've ever wrote because it's so easy to just get locked in and think about all the different sides of the situation. I I wish it was now because of how much more insight I have and everything. But yeah, like being, I don't know, like 13, 12, 13 years old, that being a question and me being like, alrighty, I have a vision for this answer. Let me go write it out for the next hour and then submit it and then end up getting above, like above or was it advanced? I guess it was on the uh-huh. on the writing prompt. And I was like, yeah, that was lit. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like, I've never had a cool test question or essay. I had another one for, uh, it was like my sophomore year during um, history. We had to take. It's like some shit for like Naviance. You guys use Naviance? Yeah, we did. Yeah, it was something for that. And uh, yeah, it was a cool, I think it was like something about like firefighting equipment. It was something. And I, I went off, I don't know. I had a thought bubble and just like ran with it. But I don't remember anything about it. I just remember it was like something, something niche, I guess you would say. Kind of like us, we're niche. I popped off on my argument, no, rhetorical analysis essay for AP Lit, AP Lang, I should say. My junior year when it was online. Love that class. Oh, my God. I was a demon in that class because I have mentioned this before. I'm so good at bullshitting and backing it up. Yeah. Where, especially in uh, rhetorical analysis. Or if, hockey. Or hockey, yeah. Um, 
where the Kraken, when the Kraken beat the Avalanche in Game 7, like, I'm great at pretending like I know a lot about hockey. I'm great at chirping because we just won and the other team didn't. I digress for a second. But in that format, you look at a passage and you, like, try to interpret what different words are supposed to mean or, like, stylistic things. And it's all bullshit. Like, oh, why did he choose this to be the color red? Like, red means angry or he's, like, hiding something. No, the fuck he doesn't. He likes the color red. So this door is going to be red or this guy's shirt's going to be red. But on in that essay, I'm like, oh, the author knew that his audience was going to see this and he made it meticulously the color red because it shows this, this different – uh, meaning for something or I think it was like I did a speech from John F. Kennedy and I referenced how like a couple of the sentences he used were like an appeal to pathos like he wants to get the emotion out of the crowd of course he fucking does he's the president talking to a crowd of people who probably like him and support him uh, yeah I fucking went off on that essay it's amazing yeah, that class I, I could never write a rhetorical analysis really that, yeah. that okay. sucked at him it was give me an argumentative essay or a narrative and I'm I'm good but shit like that I was never good at uh, I was not the best the worst one was the synthesis essays where you had to like take five documents and oh, yeah. bring them together for English it was really weird I never really was able to kind of get yeah, it was that like a, did you guys do DBQs I guess I'm like yes, I was just about to talk I sucked I was gonna talk about that for A push because Stupid. on my A push DBQ again online so we only had to use like five sources and only do the dbq which was low-key a blessing because yeah. the other essays sucked and the history questions are really hard uh but the one that i got was like on the revolutionary war and i just got done like reviewing all these major areas it was like revolutionary war civil war reconstruction all that shit uh and i saw the prompt and i'm like let's fucking go the one that the one that i didn't want to do was gilded age which a couple guys got mm -hmm. and the women's rights movement because we didn't talk about the women's rights movement in my class. Yeah. We literally skipped right over it, which was so ironic because we're an all guys school and we just kind of went from Gilded Age to World War One to World War Two to Vietnam because we were a little bit behind. And we all go to review. Me and Eamon are who we, we did a lot of the work together um, for that class. We'd like write essays, send them to each other, and we'd grade them as if we were A-push readers. We realized that we just completely skipped over that when we kept seeing prompts that were about the women's rights movement. <laughs> and we're like, dude, we just didn't talk about this. Like, not one bit in the class. So I thought that was hilarious. That was funny. So I have, I have two more questions that... um. I have two shout-outs that I have to give out for these questions because they, they were asked to me. But um, I, don't keep these, you know, let's not make this too long. But, you know, I need answers. The first question is how would you describe the color red to a blind person? I've thought about this so many times. I think I might have asked you that before. But, yes, like what would you say to someone that's blind speaking about, you know? I feel like – Red is probably the most difficult color to do that for. Because red, I feel like it means, like it can mean, you, you think of red and you're like, there, you can think of blood and like death, or you can think of like love and happy. Like I feel like red means, like I feel like you think of like yellow, it's just happy. Like there's no bad about yellow. And then red is like, 
it can mean everything almost. The word that I would use is warm. Like, yeah. especially yeah. for, because for a blind person, the way that I think about it, I have to use some of the other senses that they would have to describe it. Because okay. you say like, oh, red meat could mean love. It can mean blood. But like, they wouldn't understand the concept of love being red because we see a red heart and that's how we connect it to love. Yeah. We see like roses, we connect that to love. So I'd think about like, if it's, like warm would probably be the way I describe it. Like, you know, the feeling of being hot, like that's red in nature. Yeah. If it was blue, I'd probably say cool. Yeah. Like if you touch water, water is cool. It's a little bit cold unless it's boiling. And then if it was boiling, you'd be like, oh, shit, is this water red? Is this red water? Yeah. And it could be. If your pot is red, then the water's red. Oh, yeah. Because I don't know if anybody knows this. Water is clear. It's not blue. We can have a Gatorade blue. Yeah. Gatorade blue? Gatorade boil. Boil? You never had a Gatorade boil? What? What? No, I saw it on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. Speaking of water, is water wet? Um, technically water is what so it's surrounded every hydrogen molecule is surrounded by other hydrogen molecules I would be on the other side of this water is not wet wet is a state of having water on it here's my exactly here's, what I just said okay so if I have a glass of water and I pour more water in there is the water more wet than it was because no, if I take it's a glass consistently wet but if I pour water on a table the table is now wet because it's surrounded and it is by more wet the table was dry before it was but you put water molecules on it and it became wet a single water molecule is not wet when it's surrounded by other water molecules it is wet but i don't think wet is like a description uh wet is a state of having fuck you got <laughs> yeah, me yeah you kind of proved yourself wrong damn it because when I think of wet, I don't think of when I jump in water and I come out of the water, I'm wet. When I'm in the water, fuck, but, I am wet. But see, when you're dry, you have no water molecules on you, right? Your hair might be wet because you're still, your hair still has, say it. It has water molecules on it. Yeah. Point proven. You got me. Yeah, that's all it is. Second question. Um, well, that first question was a shout out to uh, Nate Smith. Nate Smith, if you're listening to this, your dog. Great question. Uh, the second question is a shout out to Nick Lamy uh, and Ethan Cook. You're in a ring. Say it's an octagon. Um, let's say it's a cage match, right? You cannot get out, and it's a fight to the death. Who would you rather fight to the death? A Hunter Walter. That was scary. <laughs> yeah. Scary, but not no, as scary as the two. Um, a like twelve to fourteen foot, eight hundred pound crocodile, or no alligator rather, or a bobcat. And the bobcat, let's say, weighs like a hundred pounds. I am definitely fighting a crocodile. What? Well, it's an alligator. Um, alligator. Have you have you ever seen a bobcat? But here's the thing. Lots yes, of- but it's not eighteen feet tall. I would have a chance against the bobcat. The alligator would just fucking open its mouth and destroy it. That thing's so slow. But here's the thing, Watts. It's to the death. How are you going to kill the alligator? I answered alligator at first, too, when I was posed this question, and then they, they explained. I, I, I think it's bobcat. You can choke out a bobcat. There's no chance in hell you, do, can, oh, you can do anything either, either to way, this alligator. Do I, I think am. I'm going to win? No. But would I have a better chance with the bobcat? Yes. So I'm choosing the bobcat because I want to live. And if I go against the alligator, 
There's no shot that I'm going to be able to destroy a behemoth fucking dragon. Because, like, alligators are basically dinosaurs. Yes. So it's just like hand-to-hand combat? You have no weapons. You're in a cage. You I cannot st- leave I until one of you are dead. I need to hear why. He hits you with his tail. That's the thing. If he hits you with his tail once, you're, you're screwed. He opens it's, his it's fucking so, mouth. But but have you, you ever he's watched big, the he's slow. Like, you can probably people? You can probably move. Yeah, but like they're just holding it down and taping its mouth shut. You don't have tape. You also wouldn't be able to get it on its back. And like the only it's way so to big. only it's way so to really, slow, but the only way to kill it really is you're not by big enough to get it on to his, his back and like actually stop him from moving. And you got to you got to penetrate his skin, which is rock hard. Oh, I didn't think that. Exactly. Is his belly? Is his its stomach not like? You have to expose it. Yeah, you'd have to somehow get it unconscious to start, and then flip over the eight hundred pound alligator. I think the bobcat. Like seriously, I I answered alligator the first time. I was posed with this question, but I ended up having to go with bobcat with the evidence I was presented. He just hit me with the water is wet shit. Yeah, I, 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 I feel like a bobcat. I guess being. I'm not from anywhere with alligators, but I've watched Swamp People, and I feel like... So I'm a seasoned veteran. I feel like, I guess, hand-to-hand combat, I guess I don't know how I would kill an alligator. Like, I feel like I could beat an alligator in a fight. I don't know how I could, like, kill it officially. And the bobcat, I guess I might be switching sides. Because bobcats are, I guess, just so scary living with them, and, like, like, living in an area with them that... I automatically, I don't know. I guess I would be more scared to fight the bobcat, but I would. I don't know if I could ever kill the alligator. Yeah, I think. I think what I just thought about is, people don't like. You'll never hear of somebody like, oh, he was attacked by an alligator and he he, he killed the alligator. Like it's unless obviously they have a gun or like you know a weapon. It's usually he he escaped from the alligator, right? I feel like a yeah. bobcat, like, if it's, like, the bobcat's going to continuously try and get you, right? Yeah. Like, it's, oh, shit, like, he, he killed that bobcat. Like, there's no escaping. Like, once, it, once like, a, a feline, you know, a big cat wants to get you, they're getting you. Yeah. You're fucked. Like, yeah. You have to kill him. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't see with the alligator. I guess. And I think, I honestly, think- if it's a crocodile, you, I mean, you do die regardless. Um, <laughs> if, either one, if they get a hold of you hold of you but uh yeah i think the crocodile that's an automatic you know you're screwed they're way more vicious yeah they're, they're faster sense. aren't they yeah they are that's a different kind of snout too it's kind of like that let's get low topic about um okay black so bears this is that, that was such a stupid that no, was a, no that was a great topic so this is an awesome transition because this is a debate that nate and i had last tuesday whatever over at his house watching basketball, and he pitches this thing where he's like, who do you think would win in a fight, a black bear or a mountain lion? Because we were t- I don't know how we started talking about mountain lions and bears, but we are like, who do you think would win in a fight? And he's like, obviously the mountain lion. And I'm like, I just that's just false. Yeah. It would be the black bear. 100%. And, and I disagree with you. And he, both of you guys were saying, like, the black bear, no, a grizzly bear, yes. And I'm like, Why? Because a black bear, yes, I understand. If it was a grizzly bear, hands down, it's fucking destroying it. But even at that, a black bear is still vicious. I think an adult Not black bear against though. an adult mountain lion. I think the black bear takes it. No. I really do. What, what's your why? What? Why are you in Team Mountain Lion? Because, okay, I've seen so many black bears. Like, I, we have mountain lions and black bears kind of like near me. Like, what, I've been backpacking I think so. We my family hike backpacks like the Colorado Trail. It's like this big trail across Colorado. Okay. And we've made Fitting it like 
halfway. We've made it about halfway. And the very first time, very first night, we're sitting there camping at our campsite. There's like a bunch of campsites around. And it, when you backpack, you use these things called bear bags, where you pretty much hang your food and anything that smells like toilet paper, anything. And it goes in a bag hanging from a tree so the bears can't get it. And this these one group hung their bear bag too short. And we're literally sitting there, like, eating s'mores, and a black bear just runs through our campground and, like, gra- and like is just, like, climbing up this tree in the middle of the campground and tried to grab the bear bag. And we ended up, like, chasing this bear out of the campsite. But, like, yeah, so the bear, like, a black bear can easily be scared. And I feel like a black bear is, like, if you see it in person, like, it can fit in, like, a trash can. Like, it's pretty small and, like mostly scared animal and i feel like i would not come close to a mountain lion yeah I okay definitely, definitely see that i actually was in gatlinburg two years ago and i uh i was i would say fortunate enough to see a black bear within like 20 feet of me i was walking to the uh to the dumpsters because they don't have trash cans outside the dump, yeah, big metal dumpsters mm-hmm. um me and my mom were walking down I was on the outside of her. She was on the inside of me, obviously. And the way it works is it was like a road and it curved to the uh, to the right. But it was all trees and everything. So you can't see the dumpster when you're walking down the road until you curve. And as we curved, all I see is a black bear just standing up trying to get into the dumpster. And I yeah. go, like, Ma, like, stop. There's a bear. Like, you know. And she's like, what? What? And, like, she ends up seeing the black bear, you know. She drops her bag, starts, like, pedaling backwards a little bit black bear sees us he's just like oh okay so yeah i start walking backwards whatever and the bag of trash is just lying there so we you know we're out of harm's way i'd say at this point and i start taking a video and all you see is the black bear go up bite onto the trash bag walk into the woods rips it open grabs a pack of uh they're like an expired pack of uh what was it uh, king's hawaiian bread and just like scurries off into the woods and i was like score that was awesome but he he was probably six foot tall, standing on this you know dumpster, and he was a baby like, yeah. A but there's full, still so a, much a full grown. I don't know. It's a very cool experience. Very very cool experience. I could not. I, I the mountain lion. Have you have you ever so seen that I, video? I agree. Mountain lions are terrifying because they are vicious. Like cats are no joke. Wild cats. Also, like, did both these both the animals know they they can't run away it's like a fight to the death i think yes like in this situation it would be there in a ring it is a bear against a mountain lion who's winning mountain i think lion. it's the bear i think it's the bear i think they're tougher that so also it's harder to penetrate the skin they're not going to get damaged from a swoosh we got right? yeah because long hair or short hair like he said their skin is super thick so it helps them out in the defense on like attacks of that and it's a stronger animal because they have the size advantage weight wise and they can get up on two legs, and you they can use their um, feet as this is gonna sound really stupid. They can stand up and use their feet as feet and hands as hands. It's not just all paws. Whereas, like, yeah, the lion, mountain lion can get up and like kind of attack with its front paws, but it's still a four legged animal, so it stays there. Whereas yeah, the bear can agile. stand up. So we looked this up because Nate was not budging, and he was so wrong. He wasn't saying like stuff like you are, where it's like actually okay, you're making a good argument. He was just saying he's like, no, like the mountain lion would just like destroy it, like it just would. 
Uh, he actually probably did have a reason. But in my head, he was just saying, like, it would. It would just win because it's cool and it's, like, a badass. So I looked it up and I was like, what does Reddit have to say or, like, the internet? There was an entire article on this where it was, like, some animal website and it was bear versus mountain lion. And it, it said black bear in there. And it was saying that the black bear would have the uh, defensive advantage because of the skin size. Mountain lion would be offensive advantage because of its speed, agility, and its like claws. So like it could like get a lot of attacks on it. Did a bunch of different comparisons, how aggressive they are, all that. And their conclusion would be the bear would win, but it would be a great fight. I'd have to see that. You know, I'd oh pay for that. Oh my gosh, yeah. UFC you know, pay per view. Peter, Peter might come at me for that, but I would I would pay for that. That'd be cool. You know, I'll, I'll pay for it, but like under the table, like yeah, in cash. Bring back the cage yeah. <laughs> I mean, have you seen? Have you ever seen the video? Have you ever seen a cage fight, guys? Like it's actually really cool. No, the only Michael Vick did a great job. <laughs> he ran a good business. Yeah, the only Cock video that down in Mexico. Yeah, that's that's crazy. But I feel like the only video that really like changes, that I feel like my perspective has changed is the video. Have you ever seen like a vi- the video of the mountain lion chasing the hiker down the road? Yes, yes, I have. That is so much more frightening to me. Is it the one where he's walking backwards the entire time in the mountain line? It's just like walking, yeah. walking with him the entire time and like launches at him a yeah. few bit. Yeah. Like I, I feel like that. a bear, if like the bear misses that mountain lion with its like slow paw, like it's it's done. Yeah, I can I can see that. Um, I just feel like like Fridge said, like he can stand up. And I think a big thing is. It is, like what you said, it might be slow, but it's Mike Tyson throwing a punch. It's, yeah. It's, that thing connects whole, like, Pound there's, a, there's a gash in the mountain line now. The difference is the mountain line does that to the bear. He might get scratched up, but he's not, like, he has thicker skin and thicker fur. Like, the defense is there. I don't know. I, I think it is the black bear all the way. And I think if you put any other bear in there, obviously it's the bear. Yeah. But them even being the smallest in America, yeah, I think it is. If you would have said a panda or a koala, yeah, I would have given. Well, given, koala, no shot. I would have Although given, those are vicious. You attack them, you get chlamydia. So true. <laughs> Actually, yeah, marsupial. Did not know that. That's our word of the day, marsupial. Why are uh, why are koalas not bears? Why? They don't have the qualifications. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying not to laugh because that was. That literally was terrible that was <laughs> it was so bad it was kind of funny that was a joke straight out of I'm my pretty book. sure that's like a vine or something probably and it, that's literally the marsupials thing it was like why aren't koalas considered bears and the person's like they're marsupials <laughs> and the person's like no it's because they don't have the qualifications <laughs> yeah that that was a joke that i would have made and i think that's why i loved it because yeah. it was so dumb it's like that is a fridge dad joke if i've ever dude i love corny jokes why why was the skeleton lonely at the dance what he had no body to dance with <laughs> like come on now people why are there fences around a graveyard everyone's dying to get out <laughs> <laughs> All right, our comedy session. Uh, we'll we'll start that as a separate show, maybe. We'll we just are, have we a are some out. funny guys. Oh, we're hilarious. Have you seen the new Theon Vaughn? I've not. No, I want to see the Machine with Burt Kreischer because he made yeah. like a Hollywood movie yeah. about that 
story. Jimmy Tatro plays. Oh my uh, gosh, plays young him. I'm so excited yeah. to watch that. It came out on Thursday. Yeah, I'll definitely be watching. It's it. about watch it. one of his stories. Yeah. So yeah, you know his like Russia. His famous one about like oh yeah. He goes on his college trip, gets abducted by the Russian mafia, starts working with them, and he, I'm the machine. He's the machine. Yes, you do so good, Mister Machine. Fucking amazing, hilarious, and it's all true or relatively true, but it's just absurd, crazy. He has a very interesting life, so I can't wait to see where they go with that movie. I feel like Nick would be very good at doing that, doing something like one of your stories, like oh, yeah. being a comedian. If you people have said that, I, just, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I could string together a shit ton of jokes. For, I think you could. For a session. I don't know because you are the best storyteller that yeah, i've like, ever met everybody like, says that to you because of how true it is nobody tells a story like nick mormando yeah. and you know it when you are sitting in the calf and you experience it or even when we were or, in uh yeah, what was it in boston, boston. That, we that's into, what straight to my mind when i heard yeah. the machine story the funniest like, thing was like during that conversation it was just bear the entire time like i'm like bear shut up dude like, <laughs> so yeah for reference it was me nate and nick were just like hanging out and we decided to go pay watson bear a visit because they like put their room in our group chat and we're like oh it's bear watson let's go say hi and like hang out with them somehow we just start like talking about something and nick goes into story mode on this like incredible experience that he had and he's going just full-blown like nick mormando style Watts is dialed in. All of us, I've heard the story many times, so I'm just dying laughing the entire time, which is where I mean, like, you could be a comedian because your delivery is perfect. Uh, but what you were going at is Bear was kind of just, like, playing 20 questions with it. Where he was like, wait, like, what? And then Nick's like, dude, no questions until the end. Just let me – I will probably answer your question in, like, two sentences. I'm pretty sure I was, like – it happened, like, three or four times. And, like, I started – like, I said something to him, and then I, like, restarted a sentence. And he was like, but – and I was like, Bear, shut up. Bear? No. <laughs> and then I think it was like all three of you that were in the room to start dying laughing. Oh my god! It's like you know, but yeah, it was hysterical. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't know if I could do it like on stage, like you know, just have like a, you know, I don't know. That's why we're practicing. Yeah, we're doing it right now. Yeah. yeah. So when we uh, when we get the comedy special, that'll be probably one of our episodes here coming oh, up. Yeah. New idea. Uh, well, uh, that'll be the twenty first birthday special right there. Ooh, yeah, that would Whoa. be great. This episode is proudly sponsored by Evative Learning. If you are an education major or anyone considering a career in teaching, you won't want to miss this. Evative Learning is an innovative educational consulting company that is revolutionizing the way aspiring teachers prepare for their careers. As a proud sponsor of the Lax Lounge podcast and Cabrini Lacrosse, Evative is here to help you take your teaching aspirations to new heights. Evative offers a comprehensive one-on-one coaching program tailored specifically for those interested in entering the teaching profession. With Evative's coaching program, you'll receive personalized guidance and support to help you succeed in your career. They provide mock interviews, guided job searches, resume optimization, and much more. Their team of experienced educators and career coaches will equip you with the skills and knowledge needed to excel in the competitive world of teaching. One of the most incredible aspects of Evative's coaching program is their guarantee. Yes, you heard it right. They guarantee at least one job offer within the first three months of coaching. That's an amazing opportunity you don't want to miss. For just $250 per month, Evative guarantees that you will receive at least one job offer. Imagine the peace of mind knowing that your investment in coaching will lead to tangible results. It's an offer you can't afford to pass up. So whether you're a current education major, a recent graduate, or someone looking to make a career change into teaching, Evative Learning is here to support you and guide you in every step of the way. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity. 
to secure your job as a teacher. Visit their website at www.evative.com to learn more about their coaching program and how they can help you kickstart your teaching career. Once again, that is www.evative.com. Follow the Lax Lounge. Yes. Uh, Check out our website, www.laxloungeinc.com. So we talked about the Division One games that happened Saturday of Championship Weekend. Today, when we're recording this on Sunday, I, me and Watts just got back from the Division Two and Division Three National Championship game. And we made our predictions with Nate on who we thought would be playing this weekend. I think, did you have tough Salisbury? Did you uh, say that? I did have tough Salisbury. Um, I also had Tufts winning. So yeah, with the Division Two game, which this is honestly so cool. It's really, really to cool. me because of the context around the situation. So it was Lenore Ryan against Mercyhurst. Lenore Ryan wiped the floor with Mercyhurst. Lenore Ryan was the five seed and had played on the road the entire playoffs. They got hot at the end of the year. And, I mean, just they were the best team in D2, and they fucking played like it today. Mercyhurst was technically the number two seed, I think, on their side of the bracket. Had just beaten LeMoyne, who was the number one team in the country, undefeated, is going to Division One next year. Beat them by one last weekend. Come in. They're the favorites. I think somebody said that a mock spread was like Mercyhurst minus four and a half. Like they were supposed to really handle Lenore Ryan. We know two of our ex-teammates, I, not even ex, former teammates, are on Lenore Ryan because they transferred. So we have Rob Pensabene and Colton Padgett, who's a Lax Lounge listener. He... They both transferred down there and have been playing there all season, doing great. Rob is a starting goalie for the first couple games. He was the backup, and then something happened. He went in, balled out, had the job the rest of the year, and he fucking killed it. And it's so cool to see him do that. Uh, And then Colton is a, like, I want to say double redshirt junior, maybe double redshirt senior. Uh, He was at Cabrini for five years, towards ACL his freshman year. Came back, played 2019, won the national championship. 2020, COVID. 2021, played played with us last year in 2022. So he still has, I think, another year of eligibility after this. Uh, not 100% on that. But they were down there, balled out, won the national championship. And we had a Cabrini student section, basically, of a bunch of alumni, bunch of guys. We're wearing Cabrini shit, and we're just cheering for the two of them. And it was one of the coolest feelings that I've ever had because it really just shows like our team is awesome. Yeah. Our alumni network is awesome. Like we pulled up and supported the shit out of them and watched them win the fucking national championship in Philly. Yeah, it's so cool for them. I was so happy for them. Yeah, uh, Colton actually texted us after the game too. Like he put us all in a group chat and said, guys, like my mom has only been able to see the last game my mom was able to see was 2019. And so, like, I rarely have people that come out and, like, watch games just to see me. And obviously, he knew we were there. He said, obviously, you were there for me and Rob. But you still don't understand how much it means that we had, I want to say, not 10, 15 guys that were just screaming our heads off the entire time. We want three. Yeah, we had a bunch of chants that were, like, we want to see three. Because he was the he was on man down uh, as the long pole and got in for, like, one or two plays but we kept cheering we're like we want three we want three blah 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 
And he just said, like, it means the absolute world that you guys showed out and did that to support us um, and, like, just, you know, staying connected as a brotherhood, which Colton is the reason I'm at Cabrini. So the fact that, like, I was able to do that for him really was just, like, it came full circle because he's a awesome guy. Same with Rob. Rob really kind of got done dirty with during his time at Cabrini. And he was in a, uh, I, don't, I think, a pretty low spot. And he, I think he might have been contemplating quitting lacrosse. Decides to transfer to Lenore Ryan, just stick it out. Good and, thing he didn't. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and now look at what he's doing. And he's talked about it, I think. I saw it on, it might have been his IG story or his uh, post, where he said, like, it was his mom who was like, just stick it out, see what happens. And now he's a national champion. And he got to play the entire game in goal. For Lenore Ryan. And he was at like 75%. Yeah, he was nuts. He made some crazy saves. So shout out. He come back for a fifth? Is that that sealed or? I would assume so because he has the uh, the extra year. Yeah. But who knows? I mean, that'd be a crazy way to end your career right there. It would. And that was first national championship in school history. They made it in 2021. It's pretty sick for pageant if you think about it. He's been a part of two groundbreaking seasons. It was, yeah. I didn't even think about that because... I was uh, saying it'd be really cool for him because he's won two national championships at two different schools. And he was saying, because I saw him yesterday at the Final Four games. They were all there. He texted me, yo, where are you? So I had him coming out on the field. We caught up, whatever. And he was very, very confident. Like, dude, we're we're winning this. Like, we are winning this. Everything is going right right now. We're going to win tomorrow. Uh, Apparently, the entire trip was almost... Deja vu from 2019 when Cabrini was down there, staying at the same hotel, practicing at the exact same fields, same locker room, basically same everything. But it was Lenore Ryan instead of Cabrini, and the same result happened, where he got to hoist that trophy. And they're driving back, I think, to Hickory, North Carolina, right now. If not, they're just staying another night in the hotel, which God bless their souls because they're probably gonna have the night of their life. Yeah, they're staying around here, but regardless, just, they're gonna have the night. It doesn't matter what time they get home. Hell you already yeah. know. You already know they're staying up. If it's 4 a.m., 5 a.m. You know, Bunny's going to rally the boys. Day, day's still young. <laughs> yeah. Day's just beginning. Heck yeah. Day is extremely young. Literally. Yeah. Only, we're only five hours in, fellas. We've got a lot of time to celebrate. Yeah. So that was awesome to see for the yeah, D2 game. Awesome for them. The entire, you know, community coming together for those guys. And then the D3 game. Yeah. We were all watching this. My prediction when we were talking with Nate, I said that CNU was going to upset Salisbury in the final four because I said it's really it's hard to beat a team two times in a row. It's really hard to beat a team three times in a row. And I guess, well, Notre Dame, they agreed with my statement where it's Notre Dame lost to Virginia twice in the regular season. And then in the final four yesterday, it was an overtime thriller where Notre Dame came out on top. And I said that same thing. I want to say in the Nate episode, um, I didn't have Penn State in the Final Four. But other than that, I had it pretty set. And my championship game was correct. I had Duke-Notre Dame. I still think Notre Dame is going to pull it out. Yeah. All of that is to say, it was tough Salisbury in the national championship. And we were very firm on the position that Tufts was going to win no matter who they played. That they were... Pretty much what I said to Watson Waldo when we walked out, it was like, I thought that team was unbeatable. Me too. And boy, was I wrong. I thought they were going to have the perfect season. And I thought the only way that 
Salisbury had a chance is if they slowed Tufts down, and I think they did the opposite. I think they sped up. up so fast that Tufts did you see the slowed themselves down. The spacing the entire game by Salisbury. Oh, that's exactly what they needed to do. And they didn't play compact. The other thing that they did to a pristine level, and honestly, I'm going to kind of disagree with what Watts said because I don't think they, they sped up Tufts. They played the game at their pace, though. Yeah, they controlled the game. Which that was their key to winning. I was saying this all, I won't say all throughout the year, but when we were looking at Tufts on film and kind of after that, the only way you can beat Tufts is playing them 6v6. Because, yes, they are a great 6v6 team. They're an awesome lacrosse team in general. But they kill teams in transition. When you If you play them in a 6v6 game, which is what Salisbury did, they in the first quarter it was 6-0 Salisbury after 15 minutes. It's crazy. Because Tufts wasn't able to go face up, pinch pop, get down, goal. Get a turnover, push up the field, transition, goal. They weren't able to go on a crazy run that got Salisbury out of the game. So they were deep in that hole in the first quarter, and they could not get out of it, no what, matter what they did. What was the uh, what was the smallest lead? Four goals? Three goals, probably, at one point? I think it was, oh, no, it was two. It was, it was, it was 11 two, yeah. at one point, yeah. And, I mean, Salisbury, just from start to finish, we, we were talking about it down there. We're like, they are just playing, not the game of their lives, but they're all doing the right things right now. Yeah. They are playing... It wasn't a situation where Tufts lost. It was a situation where Salisbury won, and they solidified that we are the best team in D3 this year. Yeah, and I was even saying to my family, I thought if Tufts won today in any fashion, if they would have came back, if they would have blown them out, if it would have been a close game anyways, you know, I think they had a very big chance of going down as the greatest D3 team in history. Agreed. Agreed. Did you see their stats going into playoffs? Yes. Goals against, goal they, allowed. They, they they outshot their opponents like 1,200-something like to like 560. Yeah. And they were still playing Tufts lacrosse. Like they were doing unconventional stuff. The difference today is they weren't able to make un- – they were doing too much stuff that was unconventional, like backhands, one-handed stuff. And it kind of just added up into turnovers. Yeah. Where Salisbury was able to capitalize on those turnovers. And it put Tufts in a position where they were really flustered. And they kind of looked a bit rattled out there offensively. Like they just weren't in a groove. Yeah. They were trying to find momentum. I don't know if the moment caught up to them. That's, I don't know. I don't want to say that, obviously. But I don't know. Big stage, big field. Not even bigger field, obviously. Go to the, you know, Hoosers reference right there. But. You know, like, hey, we're playing at Lincoln Financial Field right now. This is the national championship. We worked our entire, you know, lives, year, whatever it is, for this moment. Like, let's not fuck it up. And then having that pressure put on you, like, oh, we have a perfect season. Yeah. Like, that's kind of, yeah, it's hard. And I think, I mean, I'm not a Salisbury fan at all. They're, but they're very good in May. They're, well, I think it also the environment at the field. I think the Salisbury student section compared to the Tufts student, I guess, and fan section yeah. was, like, astronomically different. It was a sea of maroon and gold and then a body of water, a lake of blue, yeah. where it was 
packed. The fans were really into it. And the Tufts fans were good, too. Like, they were... It was a solid crowd overall. Better crowd for the D3 game than the D2 game, I would argue. And like you said, the Salisbury crowd just felt the juice and they ran with it. And that's one of the things that makes it so hard playing them at Seagull Stadium on the road is their fans are really rowdy. They will... Their fans are bought in. They are. It is a community over there. And the alumni network, too. Yeah. We actually... We saw Coach Tucker, our uh, assistant coach this season, who is a Salisbury alum. He was there in his Salisbury gear, uh, repping his uh, national championship ring. And uh, I think Gers went up to him and was like, oh, wow, like, interesting to see you in those colors. And he's like, I mean, I'm a goal for life. Like, you have to. And that just shows the alumni strength that that team has. I mean, I don't know if it competes with the fellas on the hill, but oh, absolutely, it's up. So this is it's it's like right below. This it. is connecting exactly what we were just saying with the D two game, where okay, yeah, like Salisbury will show up for the national championship. That's great. Cabrini did the same thing in twenty nineteen, and it was a yeah. absolute seeable. It was the record attendance, I believe, and it was just unreal the crowd that they have, and then also just the way that we. It's not even just for Cabrini. Like, we will show out for guys that are foreign players in our program. That are, it's a brotherhood. And I would say it is the exact same thing at Salisbury because I've talked with Coach Tucker about his experience. And he says, he's like, yeah, I'm still like pretty close with um, these guys. Although I will say a funny moment that happened on Friday when I was helping out with the USILA All Star game. It was held at Cabrini, it was in the PA. And Tucker was there. Brad Apgar was supposed to be playing who was at Salisbury for three, four years, transferred to Rutgers, and, you know, put together a good two seasons at Rutgers. He wasn't uh, there, like, suited up, and we're like, oh, like, where's Apgar? And we told Tuck, we're like, yo, Tuck, like, you should text Apgar and, like, see where the heck he is. And he was like, ha, oh. it's like, that's actually ironic you say that. Like, I haven't talked to him in a while. Like, we played my freshman, or his freshman year or something. He was like, yeah, actually, I haven't heard from him in a while. And I made, like, kind of a joke where I was like, oh, Today's a great day to start. He's like, you know what, Fred, you're right. Like, I'm I'm gonna reach out to him. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go talk to him. And I think that's something that I am kind of guilty of that at points where like sometimes I'll fall off the map because um, I'm a real big like just be where your feet are. Like especially when I'm out here, like you know, talking with all the guys, hanging out with them, and like I'm in group chats with all my friends and stuff, and like we still snap. Uh, but there is times where it's like, oh, wow, I actually, like, I haven't heard from this person in a while. Like, I should probably reach out and catch up. Uh, but, like, I feel like with the team and the guys that we have on this team, it is going to be one of those where we see them 20 years from now. And we can pick up right where we left off. Like, when I saw a bunch of the alumni today, uh, Triz, who was our senior captain last year, Huey, uh, there's a bunch of other guys that like I hadn't even met and they're just like oh Cabrini boom you're a fucking dog like welcome to you're part of the family and it's great to see these guys and be like okay cool we're all on the same page yeah so does any of them ask about your shirt yes I did get uh, I think s- somebody made a comment it was Gers because I told him like yo beat the Cabrini lacrosse x lax lounge marriage and I think Triz was like yo what's this like lax lounge stuff and I was like, oh, it's our fucking podcast. Like, you should tune in. Um, which, our merch is sick. It's so cool. It's so sick. It's unreal. Like, the fact that we already have this up. Brought it up three times in this podcast alone, so. That's how you know it's cool. We yeah, can't get it off know, our mind. You know, one of those things. 
we winding down on this episode. Any other comments about the national championship game, or uh, what are our predictions for tomorrow for the D one national I championship? Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Sorry. They're just Notre Dame all the way. Yeah. Duke is like a big a big man's team, like very big body, but they just they just don't play with the style and the speed that Notre Dame does. And I think Duke, honestly, very good team, but playing Penn State compared to playing Virginia, like I, I believe that whoever Virginia or Notre Dame could beat both Duke and Penn State That's, that, yeah, I felt in the championship same weekend. I thought, who, I thought I considered the Virginia-Notre Dame game the national championship. That's what I was just about to say. Yes, I, th- I feel like whoever won that game is going to win on Monday. Now, obviously, I could be wrong. Obviously, it's been a crazy weekend. But, yeah, that's just how I felt. I think they're the best two teams in the tournament in and college across. I think if they played again, it would be a different score. And I think if you played them 100 times, it would, you know. It would be I really close it, to 50-50. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't feel the same way if, if you put Duke or Penn State into the simulation with those teams. You know, I think it would be lopsided. Well, and the way that the ACC was this year, every of those big three – each had each other's number. Virginia beat Notre Dame twice. Notre Dame beat Duke twice. Duke beat Virginia twice. So Notre Dame, Duke, I think Notre Dame, well, I actually just said it. Notre Dame beat Duke twice. It's really hard to beat a team three times in a row. Yeah. But I think the way, like what Watts was saying, the style that they play, it's not even the speed. I would say it's just more like the grittiness that Notre Dame does. Like, they will make more plays than Duke will, in my opinion. I think that is going to be the tipping point of the game. It's going to be, I assume it's going to be very close. I would love it, although I know uh, all the people in the production truck that I've been around were uh, not rooting for two overtime games. I would love another overtime game. Another OT thriller with Duke Notre Dame in the national championship. Go down is the best championship weekend. Hundred percent in history. Yeah, uh, yeah, easily. Yeah, that'd be lit. Especially if the if the rule change not being made yet comes into effect, it would be nuts. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So a lot to look forward to. We'll probably talk about that. Which also another thing we're gonna start doing is uh, we're gonna have to figure out. I go home back to Seattle on Wednesday, so. We're gonna start having to figure out how to do these virtually. We're gonna do a we're gonna get a Zoom license. Zoom yeah. and uh, still push out content because hundred percent. And even with that, we could do video if we wanted to. It's gonna be sick too because we're basically gonna be catching up live and recording it. Yeah, and then like the cool thing about that is like we can expand outside of Cabrino Cross with that. Like if we want to hit up other you know college cross players, West Coast professional cross players, whatever it is. Reach out, you know, asking's free. You know, I think that's a big one of your phrases. Asking is free. Hell yeah. So, Shout out Denise. That's my mom. Hell yeah. That is her saying. She's been using it forever. Her, her big thing. I mean, asking is free. Yeah, so. Can get you know, places. I think that expands our uh, our horizon. So, yeah. So, lots to look forward to. Yeah, 100%. Let's get into our uh, our draft. Watsy, have you thought of something? Good. I mean, I have a couple ideas. Okay. All right, well, what's your number one? Uh, we were talking about movies earlier. We have done movies. We already have done a movie draft, so I guess you didn't listen to that part I on not. your drive. All right, we're going to cut this out. No, we're not. No. <laughs> I, I have the power of the editor. All right, Mr. Editor. Um, I was thinking top five 
you do moving characters. We, we animated do. characters. Yeah, we have done animated characters. We can do we can do movie characters. We'll switch it up. We'll switch it up. Top five places to live. Nah. Places to visit, like traveling. Places to visit, like vacation destinations. Alrighty, I like that. Ooh, okay. So I'm gonna go to the Nick strategy of writing down my picks after I take them. It's a suggestion that I give to everybody. Uh, effective last week when I looked over and saw him doing it when I couldn't remember what my picks were. And I was like, okay, that's actually really smart that he wrote them down. Uh, so top five vacation destinations. Watts, you are our guest, so you will start us off. And Give me we, your number one. We will do rock, paper, scissors after that. Why did I just wrote down vacation as vacate to I totally butchered it. Okay. Um, just side note where I can't spell it. Vocation. Vacation. I can't even talk. All right. Over 200 countries in the world. Shit ton of states. You're number one. What's your number one? Number one. We are going Montana. <laughs> okay, that is the Blue Power Ranger of this. <laughs> Dude. You, you, have to, you have to say something. Like, Montana. Why? I mean... Back it up somehow. I'm trying to help you out, brother. Backing it up. I said Greek yogurt number one overall, and I had reasons for taking that in our first episode. You need to give me a reason why Montana is your number one across the world. We're not talking about the United States. We're not talking about eh, fucking Mars. Across the planet Earth, your number one spot to go is Montana. Tell me why. I mean, I, I grew up in Colorado, probably the best state in the nation. No, no argument, but we'll leave it be. Multiple reasons. Everyone everyone loves a lot about Colorado. But um, vacation area, I obviously can't vacation to my own state. And Montana is, like, my personal, like, if I had to live anywhere, I'd live in Montana. It's got the mountain ranges. It's got the plains. It's got, I mean, it's just got possibly everything I personally could ever want. I mean, I don't, I don't know how to really give it to you guys. I mean, the East Coasterners over here obviously don't know what it's like on the best coast, but it, yeah. So on the you, you live in the middle of the country. Yeah, I can say West Coast, best coast. You Western side of the Mississippi. Side of the Mississippi. There you go. It's pretty much the West Coast. Yeah, yeah just like four states away. <laughs> four very big states. Yeah. Uh, okay, I can back you up. Like Montana is, I've never actually been. It looks beautiful. It does. And like mountains are dope. We don't really have many mountains around us here in PA. That's one thing I miss. Like when I go home, yeah. I can't wait. to. Like what I'm saying is I don't look outside and I see a mountain. Like when I go home, I can drive 10 minutes. And I can or see just, the Olympic Peninsula. Yeah, that's beautiful. Go out on yes. the back deck and you just my my screensaver. Like look look at that in the background. That's actually an island. But I have well, you can kind of see faintly the mountains in the background. But regardless, let's, let's rock paper scissors. Montana number one overall. I think it's four three. The series you have the four. I have the three. Four three good guys. All right, here we go. Uh, Always goes rock first, and I still win. But I'm gonna tell him I'm gonna go paper this time. All right? Is he gonna lie? Let's find out. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. 
Oh, I went paper. He, he, he didn't lie, but you, you I'm a truthful guy. You can't. And I'm okay someone. with going the three here. There's more than 15 vacation destinations. And going hear. off of the past couple episodes, in my mind, I've had the best drafts. I think the, I think the one that's got stolen from me in the past two was uh, Iron Man from Wyatt when we did superheroes and Shawshank Redemption uh, when we did Dylan. movies from Dylan. Yes. So, I mean, your, what's, what's your number two vacation? Or your number one vacation Before spot? we say that, Nate won the best snow day activities draft. How many votes? Five total, and he had 60% of them, so that's three votes. Good, good for him. Yeah, we tied, so. Good, good cool. for us. Um, my number two pick is going to be on very, very different from fucking Montana. Uh, I'm going to go international for this one, and I'm going to one of my dream destinations that it seemed like this past summer was the summer of I'm going to go to this country and I'm going to do an entire tour around it. I'm saying Italy. Yeah, I saw that coming. You have Rome. You have Sicily. You have all the spots up and down the peninsula. It's gorgeous. There's waterfronts. There's history, which I think is dope about it. There's amazing food, the best food on the planet, in my opinion. I love Italian food. Uh, it's a bucket list item for me. So Italy. Number one or number two overall for Team French. You know, I, that's a great pick. Honestly, that was going to be my pick, but I'm glad I had it back up to that. Um, going to go with the historic route again, and I just don't want anybody else to take this off the table. I'm going to go with Greece. You know, that's, Greece was going to be because I, yeah, I, I, I got a couple. I got a couple that I'm storing, and I, I don't think you guys are going to take them. I mean, buddy took Montana, so I'm interested <laughs> yeah. to see the rest of his list. Um, we got here, Vermont. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, yeah, so. Ancient Greece, shit ton of history, really, really cool. Another one where like Greek food is yeah, awesome, delicious, and the like Greek Peninsula is another beautiful destination. The waters, the um, like side of the hills, the houses. I'm just thinking of Mamma Mia because I think that was in Greece where they did that. My big fat Greek wedding. Yes, uh, all the pictures just look awesome. So yeah. that's a very solid pick because I was going to take that next. Yeah, so yeah, me too. Traded each other's picks. That's fine by me. Watsy, let me hear it. Next up on the list, I have uh, Spain. Gotta go Spain. Okay, there we go. That's a bounce back. Yeah. My parents uh, traveled to Spain a couple times, and they I have pictures of when they were younger and they living in Spain. And I've been – I don't really watch soccer, but Madrid's my team if I'm watching, and I'd just love to go to Madrid or the area in Spain. I like that. That is a. I'm gonna stay in the European route with my next one. This is another bucket list item for me. I guess all these are because pretty much the ones that I'm thinking of, I have not been to. I'm gonna take France because you have another just great cultural region. When I took French my freshman year, we like would look at all the different aspects because everyone just thinks Paris. There's so much more in France outside of Paris. You have Normandy, you have Nice, you have all the different, um, I'm pretty sure like the Alps, the French Alps, mountain spots, the countryside. It is a sick area. Paris is an amazing city. You have the museums. Again, you have the history of like everything that happened in that area. Notre Dame, rest in power. Um, And, you know, know, it's just- Rest in prayer. Rest in prayer, yeah. Uh, But it it was, it's just a really cool destination that I want to hit sometimes so the one two punch right there italy and france i like that i'm gonna go come back to the states um i think this is probably on everybody's um vacation bucket list if you haven't been there already i'm gonna take hawaii yeah um 
for obvious reasons. I mean, beautiful. Yeah, it's American. um, Imperialism. Beautiful. Uh, A fun fact that I'm sure a lot of people don't know, and I actually wouldn't be shocked if the two of you did know this, um, but Hawaii was not a state when it was attacked during Pearl Harbor. It was still a territory. Uh, We had it as a state afterwards. I actually did not know that. I did not know that. Yes, it was still a territory. Um, That's kind of cool. That's dope. Yeah. We won't get into how... Shortly after it became a state. Yeah. Yeah. We won't get into how... Hawaii became a state because you know what was it sugar cane and pineapple yeah and a lot of other stuff that wasn't very great but yeah. awesome vacation I have, Watts have you ever been to Hawaii no I want to go am I the only one who's been to Hawaii here yeah don't brag, brag. okay please brag I, tell well, me about it. we went to Honolulu Re- reinforce my pick yeah we went to Honolulu and it is everything that you see like the beaches are beautiful the water is just the prettiest shade of blue uh, you have stuff that you can hike. You have these, like, the volcanoes. Uh, it's very easy to get around to. Yeah. Like, you can cross the island in, like, an hour. I think if you look at the geographical part of it, you, it has every single thing to offer. Yeah. It really does. Like, you have the woods. You have the beach. Mm. You have volcanoes. You have mountains. It's the tropics. It's, yeah, and it's beautiful Great weather. weather. Yeah. And that's, yeah, I mean. Gorgeous wildlife, too. Like, the fish. Yeah. The turtles. I'm really just boosting your pick right now. But that's, that's fine. That's you know we we, we boost people up in the wax lounge. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm okay with you taking that because my my third pick is actually even better than my second pick. I have an idea for something that like kind of goes with that. But, but Connor Watts, I'd love to hear your number three. Yes, I'm gonna take another hot pick that is probably going to be argued against. Ugh. I'm picking Antarctica. For the sole reason, for the sole reason, I can't look at you with the shirt. My, my jaw is the strong. sole reason of how many people have been to Antarctica. Okay, I can I can see your point. You're there. one of how many people in the world? You gonna catch some sun when you're in Antarctica? Probably not. Okay. Well, no, you will, but it'll still be cold. It's bouncing off the snow. You Imagine being see. one of like the what thousand people. Probably more than that. I guess you have a point too because we've like, been to one of that continent. Cool. You know, I think Antarctica is also like probably going to be gone at the rate that yeah. we're going here. I don't, so. I don't know. I'm pretty sure Antarctica is like miles and miles of ice at its core. Yeah, yeah. but it's yeah. well. Actually, I guess that's the Arctic is melting pretty fast. Global warming, uh, fun stuff. Yeah, Antarctica. So we got a science nerd. As well as a future pilot, maybe you're, you're gonna take a, a plane down there. Or you're gonna take an ice breaking ship. What's your goal? Plane. I mean, imagine Lame. saying I landed a plane in Antarctica. Imagine that saying I really rode cool. a ship through the Antarctic Ocean. I'd take either. through icebergs and I made it in one piece. Titanic couldn't say that. Yeah, a lot of people on that. Yeah, that's all right. Um, pretty number three. I'm building off the tropics pick. Okay. I'm not going to bounce off Antarctica. I'm sorry. I'm not taking the North Pole. I don't want to go there. I do want to see a polar bear one day. But I'm taking the Bahamas down in the Caribbean, a great area. It's similar to Hawaii, but I would argue that there's even more. You get the cultural aspect of the Hawaiian culture is cool over there, but it's such a big vacation destination for everybody that you get whitewashed almost where it's not true authentic hawaiian culture it's the americanized version and also what is uh crazy is that they're not crazy i guess but what you wouldn't expect is there's a very high 
um, population of Japanese that come and visit over there too for their vacation because it is, I'm pretty sure, closer to Japan than it is continental. No, that's actually not true at all. Um, but it's it's, it's in close. the area for them. It's their vacation spot. Yeah. Uh, there's a, dr- a joke that one of our Uber drivers made when we were down there that U.S. might have won World War II, but the Japanese still won Hawaii um, because th- there is a very big population that vacation down there um all of that is to say the bahamas has not been americanized from what i've seen so you get that authentic culture you can go to a resort yeah you can go enjoy some time at like a bougie place and get the same advantages and even some better yet than hawaii so that's why i would take the bahamas i really want to get there one day that's that's good like i said um i I had a couple in the back of the head you know, I was just saving since round one. And I actually wrote this down after I said my first pick. Um, I'm going to go with Disney World. Okay. You know? Yeah. I've never been to Disney World. I have. It's, I, I, for how long? Like, how long so would that's you like, want to be in Disney World? Not long. Forever. It really depends, though. I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't want to live at a vacation destination ever. I wouldn't want to live there my entire life. But... Disney, if you do it the right way, it's it's cool because you can see if you're in Orlando. That being said, like you can see, you can go to Disney World, you can go to Epcot, you can go to uh, Disney Springs, which is awesome. That's all the stores and all the restaurants and all that. Like, mm. there's there's some really cool stuff within it, and if you have enough money, you take the time. I would say if you're down there for a week, right, and you have I don't know four days where you explore the parks, and then other days you you know you chill out, you do whatever you want with your family or you know whoever you're with you can make it a really really good time and it's also an extremely popular tourist destination i mean mickey mouse is by far you know probably the most iconic cartoon uh, cartoon character ever yeah i would so, agree yeah disney at number three for me that's a good pick i like that yeah disneyland is still on the table though okay i will not be picking that i will not but be if picking you guys want so i'll keep it in mind because right. okay. i have been to disneyland yeah. Disneyland is dope. But Watts, number four. Number four, we're going Sweden. Sweden? Okay. I can get behind that a little bit. The the mountain ranges. Yeah. And personally. I'm sensing I'm a, a theme here. Yeah. I I like the winter. So I was gonna at, go with mountains, but yeah, that's the mountains. <laughs> in the mountains. So being being a skier, I know I I know a couple professional skiers that just like go to school and stuff like that and like when they're sending just posting videos of like skiing in sweden and like the mountain ranges and the availability and the snow like there's almost nothing that can beat it and that's why everything all the main competitions in the world are held out there and to ski in sweden would be dream come true sweden is also one of the happiest countries i'm pretty sure like they do a great job of loving life like the prison system all that stuff. yeah their government is run really well they're more about rehabilitation than yeah punishment same with uh i think denmark is like the happiest country yeah and i I saw this one thing i think it was one one of our ecg classes or it might have been a theology class where like they have just such a great family support system um, so Sweden, that's an out, an out there pick, but not your worst pick so far. It's shit on Watts for this draft. But <laughs> number four for me, I'm actually gonna go Northern Europe a little bit too, very north because I'm going Iceland. 
I was thinking about Iceland. So I'm Icelandic. Uh, I have a couple ancestors that, get this, were Vikings, apparently. Wow, you do look like a berserker. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, our original last name, I think it was either my uncle or my dad, did the, like, tracking of this. It started out as, like, Fridges Van. And I think it's hilarious that the fridges come from Iceland. Like, that's as ironic as it gets. Uh, but besides that, Iceland is a really cool place. I did my sixth grade project on that. Like, we all picked the country, and I chose Iceland. It's awesome all throughout the year. So you have uh, Blue Lagoon, which is a natural hot spring. That's a big spot. In the summers, Reykjavik, the capital, is a beautiful city. You do have the – I'm pretty sure they have a lot of um, mountain ranges and outdoorsy stuff. And they have, like, beaches because it's an island. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's also the biggest pump fake in geographical history because when they discovered Iceland and Greenland – Switched it up. Somebody decided to be a prankster and be like, ha, oh, watch this. Yeah, so you want to go to Greenland. Like, Greenland is green and Iceland is ice. Like, don't go there. Uh, so yeah, Iceland, number four overall. It's a very good pick. So this might be a controversial pick. Can't um, be worse than Montana. No, 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 no. Um, it's controversial because it falls within a country that was already set. But within that, it's its own country. I'm picking the Vatican City. That's not a controversial pick at all because I'm actually very glad you made that delineation because I would have said in my trip to Rome I want to see Vatican City so you're literally undermining my pick a little bit where it's like what's one of the destinations you're just taking the best part nah that's one of the best Rome's way better than Vatican City um, but it's a history wise it would be a place that I would visit so you're yeah. saying like yeah you'd go to Italy but you'd also be visiting my spot why am I helping you out I'm like I, I trying know. to lose you I, too, I was thinking of it and uh, yeah I thought it's obviously extremely historic and it's like a square mile. It's super small. But within that square mile is some of the craziest art and, yes. you know, just some of that. It's it's crazy. Uh, my, my grandparents, actually, they've been there and they sent me pictures. Gorgeous, you know. And you have the Pope. The Pope. Pope Francis, he's cool. Cool dude. He is a cool dude. Very uh, a modernized Pope. I'm acting like I've met him before, but uh, spiritually, I talk with him all the time. There you go. Sure. We dapped each other up in... Uh, church now <laughs> bridge sees dead people um hunter watts pick number five round round your round your uh, team off final pick yeah, Who, who's your so center you know? controversial picks so far for sure yes i'm waiting for you to say the moon no no i'm okay. going i'm going simple africa uh, okay so we have a country in africa yes it's a very I'm, big i feel continent. like africa has so much to offer though. So okay. are you Can going you take to... a continent? I already took Antarctica. I mean that's that's really Yeah, but we also weren't gonna take Antarctica. Yeah. I'm not gonna say <laughs> I was gonna take Africa, but it is one of the biggest countries or continents on the planet. So is there a specific region that you would want to visit? Maybe Madagascar. Okay. Madagascar. So I like that. I like so that. an island off the coast of Africa. Of Africa. Okay. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Backing that cool. up with anything, just gonna let it sit there no, and kind of give it I up. Mean, I mean, I might just be a dick and take another a country within Africa. Yeah. I, well, now I'm thinking because yeah. there's there's one answer that's it's, obviously there. Yeah. Ah, there's a few for there's me. There's a few. That's, I mean, that's so actually, we're gonna go honorable mentions after this because I'm not taking yeah, a country from Africa. Uh, I am gonna go in the direction of another cool region, ethnic wise. That's very different. I brought them up earlier. I'm going Japan. Because Japan is a really 
cool, like Tokyo, the area around that, the island nature. It's a completely different vibe than the United States. And it would really put me outside of my comfort zone, I think. And their their cuisine is exquisite. Just the vibe around there is awesome. I think my cousin is going has been to Japan many times and is going back to Japan this summer. Uh, and we're gonna like go down to Santa Barbara because of that. But like, I want to go to Japan so bad because she told me how fucking dope it is. Yeah. And it sounds dope. So Japan, I'm really like you know, getting all over the place here. I was in Europe for a while, so. Japan is very cool. Yeah, I think it's the pinnacle of a trip to Asia. If I'm going to go to Asia, yeah. I'm definitely hitting Tokyo, Japan. Yeah. That's, uh, I know a kid, I don't know if he's there right now, but he's uh, he's in the Navy and he was stationed there. I don't know, I guess I don't know if he's still there, but yeah, that's, that's definitely a really good pick. Uh, like I said, I'm going to feed off of Watts and Africa. I'm going to go with uh, Cairo, Egypt. You know, it's the only wonder of the world that's still, still here, I'm pretty sure. That is one of the biggest things that I want to see one- Sometime in my life, you know, I, I need to see the Great Pyramids. You know, that's that's like I've posed the question. I don't know if it was on the podcast or just you know in you know everyday conversation, but that uh, the question is if you could time travel and just be a fly on the wall for any event in history. That's one of the things that I like the the construction of the pyramids. How? Just like how how did it happen? I'd love to see it because like the math behind it. If you ever see the uh, uh, mankind, the history of all of us. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's such a good series. Whatever it is. So that's in I think the second episode is how they say they did the pyramids with all the calculations. Mm -hmm. You know, manpower just you know dragging the blocks. Very very cool. Um, With that, I think the Sphinx is way cooler than the pyramids, only because they have no idea when the Sphinx was made. And wasn't it? Was that the one that was something else before as well? Well, They don't know. It it was supposed to look like it looked different. Time has just deteriorated it. And then, like, obviously, people have, like, done shit to it. But the rumor is that Napoleon broke off its nose. It was not Napoleon. That was just a thing that, like, Europeans did because nobody liked Napoleon. Yes. Mm -hmm. Fun fact. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Cairo, Cairo, Egypt. It's very, very cool. I think the. The others, you ever hear the theory of the pyramids, how it was like... Aliens. Well, not that part, how the electricity, how it was covered in limestone, and it, it something about it, I saw... Well, it's a like, line... Like lightning strike? No, like it would generate energy from the ground, and it was like more powerful than really? like, the energy towers we have today. I've not heard that. Yeah. I know that... There's a thousand different theories about that shit. The, how accurate it is where like every single block is perfectly placed within like if it was a millimeter off it would throw everything off it's then all the aligned perfectly with magnetic north yeah Ev- everything about the building just says like why is this so perfect and how did they do this back then Cause, like and why there yeah, yeah. and isn't also it, isn't the- it also something like it's the middle of the world like that's no nah, maybe not i think there's actually something for that but the um way that they got the stone from the quarry which was hundreds of miles mm-hmm. away, mm-hmm. the specific stones that they used, and that the whole thing about like oh they used a ramp to get the blocks up there. We don't see any remnants of a giant ramp that would have like math says that thing would have gone for miles out for you to get to the top of that thing. So they, it was the whole like they you the know, looping ramp. Yeah. And then the, but again, everyone's like, well, we don't have any evidence of that. Yeah, but then you just fill it in as you go back down. All theories. Yeah. It's so. It's cool. extremely fascinating. And the tools, how they cut it. One of my theories is that 
there had to be in, like some type of apocalyptic event to where all those type of uh, technology just went away. Maybe yeah. not apocalyptic to where obviously like life. There's definitely all something that, but, that they knew about that we don't know about. Right and like now. the other thing that like it's still like the one thing that I think would have easily would have changed civilization um, for the better. I believe is if the Library of Alexandria. Never didn't burn down. Didn't burn down. Yeah. I was gonna say something con- kind of connected to that. I feel like it was the Roman occupation of Egypt where we lost all of those like ancient traditions of how they built it. Because you because also said that Caesar wrote the, his own history. He did. Yeah. And it's the same concept that we we're talking about in Hawaii, where Hawaii is an Americanized version of their natural like how they used to live and stuff. And so I think when Rome came and invaded and took over Egypt instead uh, or they like brought all these different practices and it was most likely more efficient in what they were doing and so they moved forward with that and stopped with the traditional stuff of how they were able to do some fascinating work that yeah. archaeologists today are still baffled about yeah. yeah definitely crazy so this is the part where we shout out some honorable mentions my first one was Australia Australia is a good one. I was going to say South Africa. That was going to be my pick for Africa because I actually didn't know about it until a couple years ago, like how dope Cape Town is. There's some really cool stuff that you can do in Cape Town, South Africa. Isn't it also like the most, one of the most dangerous cities in the world though? Uh, I don't know, but our soccer team went there this year. That's the only reason I know about it. They they had a fucking great time. They took some really cool photos. Yeah. Yeah, they did. That's really cool. Watsi, any uh, honorable mentions? Any like Vermont with Killington or something like that? (laughs) No, I've actually been to Killington. Of Wyoming? Course. Wyoming is Big pretty Kanye? cool. Big I mean, Kanye guy? No. No. Not really. I'm, I don't really listen to Kanye, but Wyoming's actually... We're, we're not going to get into that. Because it doesn't exist. All right, Ethan. My yeah. Buddy Ethan has been saying yeah, that forever. Okay. What's the capital of Wyoming? Cheyenne. It is. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say. But that just proves the... that it's a state. Because um, you're the capital of it. Well, no, I mean, that's a city, but we say it's in Wyoming. Well, yeah, I'm saying, like, Wyoming's a state. I mean, that general area, though, like, the Tetons, Yellowstone, best area in the nation. So, my last question, I guess, because um, Nick kind of brought up something that reminds me of, like, stereotypes. And I want to ask you, what is the biggest Colorado stereotype that you have seen from everybody out here, either PA or on the East Coast? Because I know the big one for me from Seattle Every single time it rains, everybody's like, oh, is this how it is every single t- day at home? Like, is this just what it's like year-round for you? And it's not. Like, it does it rain? Yes. But I would not say it, it is astronomically more than it is in PA. It's just different. Seasonal depression, yes, it's a thing. Because in the winter and, like, spring, we, you know, pretty cloudy. You don't – maybe you won't see the sun for a little bit. But our summers are beautiful. They're gorgeous. It doesn't only rain in Seattle. What is the stereotype of Colorado that you just get every single time and it's just like, oh, come on, guys? The mountains. Every, everyone's like, oh, yeah, do you live near the mountains? Are the mountains? The mountains is every – you think of Colorado. You're not from Colorado. You think of mountains. I'm from Colorado. I still think of mountains. But, like, especially driving – home from here you drive through eastern colorado and you forget that half our state is the same as kansas and like it's just plains as far as you can see like right where i live is at the base of the mountains and there's just a wall of mountains separating where the mountains are and just 
plains, which is most of Colorado. And then you go south, and like half of Colorado is like a desert as well. So wow. it's like Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington is the same. Once you get through the mountains, it's yeah. like, oh wow, this is the same place. Like it's just wheat fields. That's one thing yeah. about PA that I love. Like PA is so diverse. Like if you go from Philly to Pittsburgh, some of the stuff you'll see. Even if you drive from Philly um, to um, Penn State, like you see, you, you see some. I mean, you go through Pennsylvania, and Pennsylvania. That's, that, what, they, that's, that's what they call it. It's the farmland in uh, in Pennsylvania. That's a thing. Pencil, oh yeah, I've never heard of that. Yeah. I thought it'd be like a combination of Pennsylvania and Kentucky, and I was like, wait, Kentucky's all the way out here? Like that's just false. No, yeah, no, it's, that's what they call it because it's all farmland. Wow. I actually had a conversation with Ty Carroll last year because this was just me being a dick, but Carroll was saying like how North Carolina is a farm state, and I was like, yeah, I mean Pennsylvania has a lot of farms that actually probably has the same amount. I remember and, this conversation. And then I look it up, and they have the same amount of farms, and it was just like you know. We're a farm state. Yeah. That's wild. You, yeah. you never think of Pennsylvania and you're like farming. It's also huge. Like it's PA is, massive. It's huge. Yeah. yeah. Meeting Amish people. I've never met an Amish person uh, I, I until have, I came out here. I've had dinner with the Amish when I came out here in seventh grade. They it made the best ice cream I've ever had. Really Still good to butter too. Just everything's homemade. Yeah, it's good. I also watched a cow give birth. But <laughs> Alright, well let's <laughs> let's, let's rewrap our, our teams. Yes. So, uh, what? Read down your vacation destinations. We know Montana is number one. Yes, and Antarctica is somewhere in the middle. Montana. I don't. I didn't write. I wrote down yours, so I didn't mess mine up. So I don't know if I have. I'll give. I'll give the best ones. You said Spain. Spain, Montana, Antarctica, Antarctica, Sweden, Sweden, and Africa. But I'll go Madagascar. Madagascar. There we go. So I had Italy. France, the Bahamas, Iceland, and Japan. I think I had a really well-rounded team. Yeah, I think I think we all did, except for he likes the cold. Yeah, not the mountains. Yeah, the cold. Madagascar. I had uh, Greece, Hawaii, Disney World, uh, the Vatican City, and Egypt, specifically Cairo. Alrighty, so remember to vote in the poll down below. Make sure we get more than five votes. Like, you know, we don't want Nate to look like he's blowing us out when he only has two votes more than us. Yeah. Um, With that, I think we... Uh, any final merch. any final words? Yeah. Well, thank you for being on, first yeah. and foremost. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. This is awesome. That was awesome. Great we got, we were in. able to snag him, obviously, while he's in Philly. And I think I texted him a couple of days ago, like, what are you doing on Sunday? We got to get you in lounge. So, took him back from the game, going to drop him off, and uh, then he'll be back to Colorado. When do you leave? Uh, tomorrow. After... Tomorrow, red eye after the Notre Dame Irish win the national championship. Talking about the Irish, I'm going to Ireland tomorrow. Yes, Nick is. Oh yeah. So we're all going to be out of PA in the next four days. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit! I so when this is released, days. we're we're all going to be going our own way. Wow. Put, uh, you know, Q Fleetwood Mac. Wow. Yeah, wow. Oh, <laughs> sing it. I I, I can't. Uh, but yeah. any final words, Mr. Watts? Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. Make sure to vote below and make sure to check out that website. It's pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Fuck yeah, Watts. I think that was the best sign off that, that we've ever had. Off. Now we have to sign off. And if you are an avid listener of the Lax Lounge, you know how we end every episode. Shout out, Jules. I'm not going to lie. I don't know how you sign off every episode. Well, okay, that's a clear <laughs> sign because we just started it. We have to shout out our favorite artists. Shout out Jules. Shout out Jules. 
Shout out Jules. Thank you guys for listening. I'll be up in the club, but I won't come down cause I'll be too faded. Everybody wanna walk that talk, wanna talk that talk like we made it. But they all gon' catch what I got, I'll make the money right back. Bitches be tripping, don't know how to act. You just be singing, don't know how to rap. I really be running this shit like I'm Owen. She like a wave, I'm loving her motion. It's like I'm sipping straight up on the potion. Water be dripping, it feel like and the ocean. I know that I'm different cause I'm from the other side. She's saying that she want me, girl, that's capping, girl. You Never say it, cause you switched up and you lie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just switch up and you lie. Yeah, I'll be stargazing, I'll be up in the club. But I won't come down, cause I'll be too faded. Everybody wanna walk that talk, wanna talk that talk like we made it. But they all gon' catch what I got, I'll make the money right back. Bitches be tripping, don't know how to.